I'm a healer. I'm a coach, but I'm a natural teacher as well. I love teaching. I love breaking things down and helping people understand different concepts. And I feel like there's a lot of concepts that are really complex and the ego, of course, makes it more complicated. And I like to simplify things and put it in a language that people can really understand, but also bridge the bridge the understanding between a spiritual practice or a way of being in life to actually putting it into the classroom of our life. Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. For those of you who don't know, Sue is an evolutionary leader. She's a spiritual mentor for healers, empaths, highly sensitive people. You're also a best-selling author, an ordained minister, and just overall global voice for hope and inspiration and the founder of heartledliving.com. So thank you so much for being here, Sue. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you too. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to talk today a little bit more about the work that you do. Obviously, maybe give us a sense of a little bit about heart-led living, what that really means, maybe how you work with your clients. And and then we can go into some of the, the things that we're all dealing with on a day-to-day basis, like with the ascension process and with understanding things from an energetic and vibrational energy perspective. So I'm just excited to have you on and talk a little bit more about this stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what heart-led living is and how you kind of actually came to do this work? I'm curious. Well, all of my work is always an extension of my personal growth and my personal journey and my experience. So you can pretty much follow my career and kind of get a sense for what was going on for me all the way through that. So I often will have an experience and then I take it into the practice for myself and then I extend it and I teach it. So I just naturally, I'm a healer, I'm a coach, but I'm a natural teacher as well. I love teaching. I love breaking things down and helping people understand different concepts. And I feel like there's a lot of concepts that are really complex and the ego, of course, makes it more complicated. And I like to simplify things and put it in a language that people can really understand, but also bridge the the understanding between a spiritual practice or a way of being in life to actually putting it into the classroom of our life. Every aspect of my life is about heart-led living. It's about trusting my intuition, following my guidance, and leading with that space, from that space, no matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter if I'm choosing what to eat for lunch or if I'm making a big life-changing decision. It's always been through my heart, and that's been my journey. So that's where the foundation of heart-led living has kind of come from is my own practice. Yeah, amazing. I like what you said there about this work that we are doing kind of on our ego, right? And to me, that's been a big part of my my spiritual awakening journey and kind of like starting to listen to things about ego mastery and how we need to basically integrate. We, We all talk about doing the shadow work and some of the dark night of the soul thing. So tell me a little bit about how you focus on that work, like that dark side or that that place that maybe some of us don't really want to lean into. And we, we try and avoid the dark and just keep it all light and love. But really, it comes back, it comes back to bite us, right? The ego problems. So tell me a little bit about that, that work that you do to help us deconstruct and integrate the ego to be more healthy and, and in balance. Well, the way I'd like to describe the ego is it's an overprotective helicopter parent <laughs> that will stop at nothing to keep us safe, protected and playing small, right? So It's here to teach us fear, to make us afraid, and to make sure we keep ourselves safe, right? So that's its role. It's it's here to give us an experience of separation from each other. There's there's purpose to it until there's not. And when there's no longer purpose to it, the ego doesn't like to be excluded. It doesn't like to for things to change because 
change is unsafe and the unknown is unsafe to the ego, right? So I always teach it. I always kind of teach it like the ego is like our teacher of fear and our heart is the teacher of love, right? So it's, there are two different, two different ways of being in, in the world. When it comes to dark, dark energy, the dark side, the shadow, all of the, even fear, it's just like, it's just contrast. It's just contrast. So we can make it big and scary. And of course the ego loves to do that too. But really when it comes down to it, it's just there's light energy and there's dark energy mm -hmm. and there's positive, positive and negative energies, right? They're not good or bad or better or worse. It's just, they're just different. And without dark energy, we couldn't actually see light. We need dark energy. It's equally important. So we want both the light and the dark energies. But over the years, especially with spirituality, people are always like, oh, light, love and light only. And I used to say yeah. that too, love and light only and protect myself with love and light. And I'm just like, but then what about the dark? The dark energy is necessary. So in the beginning, if we want to go way back, in the beginning, there was light energy. Well, there was one. Source mm -hmm. wanted to experience itself. So it divided into two positive and negative, light and dark energy. In its balanced, harmonized form, light and dark energy are equally powerfully creative energies. They're, and they're beautiful energies. There's nothing wrong with dark energy in its form. When it's out of balance, that, that energy then becomes challenging to deal with or it can be harmful. But I need you to hear this. An imbalanced or out of balance light energy can be just as harmful, if not more harmful, because people will trust light energy and not question whether it's out of balance or not. And that's where we get tripped up. And that's where the spiritual ego comes in, disguising itself as love, pretending to be light, speaking all the right words and saying all the right things, but something feels off in the background because it's out of balance or it's out of harmony. Mm -hmm. So that's the best way to kind of describe it. It's like, Light and dark energy are equally powerful energies, beautiful energies in their harmonized balanced form. We can work miracles with them out of balance. Yeah. yeah not so fun. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is really about balancing. We hear about the masculine and the feminine balancing and the light and the dark. And I like what you said about it. It was like, you're describing there's talk about kind of like spiritual narcissism and people who are, or spiritual bypassing people who are like not right now there's 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 just a lot of a, a lot of that out there and 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 people are having a hard time even navigating what do you what do you say to people who are really then having a hard hard time doing this work or finding the right maybe people to work with or the right direction when there's so much of that kind of infiltration of of maybe distortions and and just people still being imbalanced yet propagating certain messages spiritually in the spiritual community yeah. And, and the thing too, I want to just, after hearing all of that and you sharing all of that, I just want to reiterate that it's not that any of these things are wrong. It's just mm -hmm. part of our evolution. So everybody's going to encounter their own spiritual ego. It's just the nature of the evolution of the ego. If it, it has to evolve and it's going to evolve in whatever way it can to survive. Right. So it'll adapt and it'll evolve into a spiritual ego. So when you talk about spiritual ego, and we talk about spiritual narcissism, those are similar, but two different things. So spiritual ego is more someone who is maybe in the spotlight that is a spiritual guru that has that people trust and that lean into and, and, and they just assume that what they're speaking is truth and that they're in alignment. Not all are in alignment. So what we need to do is be very divinely discerning. So it's a practice of divine discernment feeling into what they're saying, feeling into the energy behind what they're saying, feeling into the energy behind what they're practicing and what they're putting out there. Because chances are, if you are if you don't just blindly trust because they're a healer or because they're a guru or because they're a minister or whatever, it doesn't matter. If we don't blindly trust, we feel into it and say, okay, is this in alignment for me? Does this feel aligned, what they're saying and how they're practicing how they're showing up in life does it all feel aligned or is there something that feels off because sometimes it can just be a little tiny niggling and we need to be more and more in touch with that tiny little niggling because the nature of what's going on in the world right now it's like that discernment has to be very very subtle because there's a lot of people that know what needs to be said in order to control or manipulate 
So the only way that we can be really clear if it's meant for us, if it's in alignment for us and where we're at in that moment is to be divinely discerning and use your intuition more than ever before. So I always say, keep your intuition on. Always leave your intuition on. Even in situations or with people that you think you can trust, keep your intuition on. If something feels off, it's off for a reason. We don't have to judge it for being off. We just need to be able to tune in and say, okay, what is this for me? What is my intuition kind of alerting me to? What is this little niggling that's little scratching in the background? Or what is this big warning signal? Because some of us don't always listen to the big warning signals. What is it telling me? What do I need to know about this? What, like cause you, like in, allow it to let you pause and check in and feel into it. Feel into it more than think about it. That's why I always get people into the heart space to feel, feel their intuition more. Yeah. yeah, our intuition, it's like our, our GPS, our guiding system, internal guidance system. And it's, I, I think of it as our, what really connects us to source or God or whatever. I come, I actually come from a Muslim background and I am curious to hear about how I, I saw you were an ordained minister and obviously probably have a Christian background. And so how, how did you move into kind of this direction of, of, spiritual work versus just like what was your background as a as a as a Christian how did you end up understanding the world more from this perspective rather than just that that limited Christianity perspective well I was raised Catholic and I was always interested in religion but again in my my own intuitive knowing I would hear things and I'd be like okay yeah okay I feel that and then I would hear something else I'm like huh that that doesn't fit like, or that doesn't feel right for me. So I was always kind of questioning what people were saying and what I was feeling. And, and as an empath and a healer, I would often feel what was behind the words. So I was like, this doesn't fit. This doesn't like click. And what they're saying is not what I'm feeling and why they have all this pain, but they're talking about joy. It's like, it, I was always kind of questioning because I could feel and, and tune into so much more than what was being taught in the, in the way of the religion. And I felt like a lot of the religion that I was experiencing was contradicting itself. And that was really hard for me to reconcile. But at the same time, as I started to really kind of let go of my Catholic roots and find my own spiritual journey and my own spiritual practice, it started to blend different things. Different religions started to blend in. I used to, I could get like, I could reach into something from Buddhism. I could reach into something from a different religion. And I started to just kind of find my own way and kind of forge my own path in the way of my own religion. So when I did the ministry training, it was because I was, I felt a calling to minister, to be, to minister, but I see my ministry as my life, right? It's my practice. It's my way of being. So but I felt the call to minister. And when I did that training, it actually helped me unwind and undo and unlearn a lot of the religious pieces that just didn't make sense for me. And I found a new way and I kind of found a way to make sense. But at the same time, we have to appreciate that our path and our journey toward the truth with a capital T is a series of paradoxes. It's, it's, it's a process of unwinding the mind and whatever the mind needs to hear in one moment might be totally contradicting what it needs to hear next week or the week after. Mm -hmm. So our spiritual journey is like one big paradox, one big contradiction. Mm -hmm. I call it a spiritual contradiction. And if we could lean into that and be okay with that without judging, then we actually can really find what resonates for us at that moment let it go when it no longer resonates and then be open to something different or new or the evolution of it coming in. So it's, it's like, again, going back to it's an evolution, right? We are, we're always evolving. Our minds are evolving. Our hearts are evolving. Our energy is evolving. The world's evolving. It's, it's allowing and leaning into those experiences that allow us to find the path that we're meant to be on. And for me, it happened to be one, one, one aspect of it is as a minister. It sort of described to me a process of getting out of our, our fear or guilt, shame based type of type of programs that that's how, that's how I ended up kind of breaking away from some of those 
kind of ego-based rules and in the religion and, and just finding a more, I don't know, like, oh yeah, a, a more in line, a path that was more in alignment with how I felt like my soul was, was leading me. And I feel like a lot of people really are struggling with, with that process, like navigating how to, how to feel, feel like they're on the right track or that they're activating their soul's real purpose here. So what do you say to people who are really struggling in that place of like confusion or not knowing what their soul is, is even here to do? And maybe trying to hold on to belief systems that might be more constrictive or even outdated or, but we don't want to, we don't want to overthrow all that and like negate it and turn our backs to it. Sometimes that creates a really unhealthy backlash reaction if we, if we do it that way. So, so to me, it's about, it's about kind of finding that balance really as, as the end goal. So I I know that, and I feel it in my heart, but I, I do see, and a lot of my clients also are reaching out in that kind of paradigm or that confusion and and just difficulty of how to actually, how to do that in the first place. Well, yeah, I find that the more we can trust our own path and our own intuition, it'll kind of lead us on the path and it'll lead us to the things we need when we need it. The key is to be open to anything, but attached to nothing. So again, that's a contradiction in itself, but it's open to anything attached to nothing and to when we hear something, so let's say we are in, in a, a religious community or in a community and we hear something that doesn't align with us, our knee-jerk reaction or our programming would be to judge it, to judge it as right or wrong or good or bad is like, oh, I can't believe they said that. It's like, that doesn't make sense for me. That doesn't resonate for me. But maybe that's what someone else needed to hear. Maybe that's exactly what they needed to hear. So if we can take what resonates and and be in community that way and resist or let go of the judgment of anything that doesn't resonate, then we can actually be in community and still be authentically aligned within ourselves. So mm -hmm. just because something doesn't resonate doesn't mean we have to judge it, but that's what we're programmed to do. We're programmed to judge. So when we can honor the religion or honor the community we're in, without having to make everything resonate or make everything true for us, then it allows us to be in communication or community with other people and be in that energy from that place of love, authenticity, integrity, and, and feel like we belong, right? So it's like we're, we're, we're community-based beings. We're not meant to live in the cave by ourselves. We might have those experiences every once in a while, but we're meant to live and work and be in community, be in collaboration with each other and with the earth. We're, we're meant to work symbiotically with everyone and everything, all of creation. That's who we are. That's who we are at, at the, the foundation of our essence is right there. So, yeah. So it's not an easy path to navigate, but the more you actually learn to walk with deep trust and blind faith, the more you can really trust your own intuition, the easier the path gets, because you know that when you're following your guidance, when you're following your intuition, it's actually serving all of creation. Mm -hmm. It's guiding you, but it's serving the whole. So if you're guided away from a religion, there's a purpose to that. There's, there's a reason for that for everyone, including you. So if people have a reaction or they're troubled with that, then that's for them. That's purposeful for them too. So I always say the guidance that we get is in service to all, including you. So follow it the best you can. Follow it with, with deep trust. Follow it with blind faith because most times right now, the world's changing so quickly. Blind faith is like, I lean into that really, really every day, every day. It's all about blind faith because- everything's changing on a, in a, in a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what you're describing also is when we're, it's like a tra it's like a trigger coming up or being expressed, right. When we're, when we're hearing things that they're either going to lead us into it or, or deter us away from it. And so it's really a process of kind of navigating those trigger responses. Right. And that is what ends up bringing us more into balance. And I think even even that process of revealing revealing those feelings in order to heal them right reveal the heal type of thing I, I remember you were talking about that in your in your last session so I feel like that's so important 
And then that is where the intuitive abilities kick in. And even if like maybe other people think you're on the wrong path or you're just not in alignment, it's more in service of, of, of the whole to keep going and to stay the course almost past all of that triggering reaction, right? <laughs> but we don't always understand why we get the guidance we get, right? So, but for us to trust, like learn to trust that guidance and follow it no matter what, even if we're afraid or even if other people are afraid or even if we don't understand ourselves and if other people don't understand when we learn to follow that guidance, we know it's in service to the whole. And like I was saying, it's like, yeah, it's blind, blind faith. Like we're walking with blind faith and trusting that this guidance is leading us. And, and it's really our, our divinity guiding us and directing us. It's, it's our higher self showing us where our path is. And we can go even further because I know you're talking about unity consciousness. It's like, we're all one. So really it's all all of us guiding each other in those individual expressions of our one source. But it's hard for the mind to comprehend that, right? Because the mind understands duality. So we have to meet the human mind in the duality, teach it what it needs to know in the duality for it to remember that it's oneness that it's unity consciousness that we're all experiencing so it's it's a bit of a it's definitely a mental challenge for the mind to wrap it around but eventually ultimately we need to kind of abandon the the dualistic mind because ultimately the programming will actually stop us or or kind of make it stagnant like we're going to hit a stalemate it's not going to be able to be reconciled at the level of the mind because we need to go beyond the human limited mind eventually so yeah and this this kind of dissolving of the ego like how does that work because i know i hear sometimes okay the ego is is like our personality or it's our formation of persona here in the 3d like it goes into all of this stuff where we need we need the ego but then we also need to dissolve the ego and now we're like all different divine expressions of source but but how do, how does that really work with like integrating that or where where are we really going with this work and what what is what is the role of keeping the ego in alignment or in that process versus like feeling like we need to shun it or get get away from those problems altogether yeah well we don't need to deny the ego or dissolve, dissolve the ego the not, the ego will naturally dissolve the more and more we make that conscious choice for oneness, the more and more we understand the truth of who we all are, the more the ego will naturally shift out of the forefront. So in the beginning, yes, the ego is purposeful to help us have this experience of being separate, separate from everyone else and having this separate persona or personality. But ultimately, then yes, eventually, if you're going to really lean into the idea of understanding that we are all one, we will still be these individual expressions of source, but the ego will need to eventually dissolve away. But we don't need to make that happen. It just happens organically, naturally. It'll just kind of fall into the background. It might stay there for a little while in the shadows waiting to pounce. Like, oh, good, there's a trigger. I got some work to do. going to come back in. Yeah. But ultimately, where we're heading and where we're capable of heading is actually the complete disillusion of the ego the cessation of the ego we don't need fear to have this experience anymore we don't need the contrast the way we needed it before to have these experiences that let's say that phase of this experience is ending is shifting so our new experience is coming in and that's one based on love unity collaboration connection and we don't need fear and separation anymore. So we're healing those wounds, shifting out of that and leaning more into understanding the truth that we can still have an individual expression of source, but we don't need ego to do that anymore. Right, right. And it's like a very timely thing people talk about. I, I certainly feel like there's a lot of intensity right now in the planet and as a collective and resist like resistance and triggers. Th things are just hard right now. And a lot of that is really, really surfacing. So how do you see it as really timely to be like doing this work right now? Like, I mean, we're we're in this kind of, 
global consciousness awakening. Some people just talk about that or how we're in this ascension process. Like, what do you, what do you talk to your clients about as regards to why this work is so timely and, and so important that it's all kind of occurring right now for people on this level? Well, I feel like the importance of it is more about answering the call in our heart. So that's what we're all feeling is the call deep in our hearts, like our soul calling us to awaken to the truth, to recognize what this is all for and where we're all heading. So the more we answer that call, even if we're not sure exactly what that call is, the more we move toward answering that call, the more, yes, things are going to fall apart. It's a destructive process. It's breaking down all of the old ways because we've been built on a foundation of fear So and, and separation and that house, that all has to be broken down. So it is, it looks destructive. But the same way a flower blooms and then dies and everything goes back into the earth, it's like that's that's the cycle, right? So it's the same kind of cycle. We're just doing it on a on a big scale and a different way. But for us, it's like the more we can lean into answering that calling, then the less we are holding on to the old and gripping and grasping and resisting and the more you resist you're basically going to be dragged into the mud like dragged across the gravel like just let go and trust and lean into it and answer the call and keep leaning into it keep answering it even if when it doesn't make sense just keep going and eventually ultimately all of those things that are causing such chaos will come into coherence so in order for energy to shift we're changing frequencies in order for frequency to change it goes through a process of chaos so it can be it can look organized and then we change the frequency and then it goes all jittery and gets all shaken up and messy and then all of a sudden it reorganizes itself and it comes into coherence we're in the chaos not all of us some of us are already in the coherence but many people globally are feeling the chaos. And at the same time, there's so many people still holding on to the old wave, still holding on to what, what was familiar, even if it wasn't healthy, they're holding on for dear life. And that is creating more and more resistance and more and more suffering. So that's the challenge is, is trying to educate people and help people understand that if they just let go of the grip, even just a little bit, their suffering will lessen and we can move through this chaos and come into coherence collectively, not just all of us individually, which we do need to do that individually, but also collectively it needs to happen. The more we can do that with resistance, the easier it will be but it's not going to be an easy peasy path, the challenging path. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, I'm here, I'm feeling like it's like, we're, we're almost like trauma bonded to certain, certain, certain things. So what do you, like, how, how are we, how, what do you say to people who are just feeling like this is, they're maybe in a trauma, trauma state, or they're experiencing that. And like, how, how is it related to, to clearing out our, our traumas and like, we're, and we feel like under attack, all of this is overwhelming right now. So how, what do you, well, how do you connect it to that process of like healing our own traumas in, in this ascension process and where we're going with this? Well, we have to heal every piece. We can't just leave some things back hidden in the, in the background. We can't keep some stuff stored in our hips anymore. It's like, it's when we come into coherence, everything that's out of coherence is going to be like jackhammered is going to be like the big spotlight on it. And there's no ignoring it. There's no pretending there's no hiding from it. It's going to be in your face. You either face it feel it, process it, move through it, get some support if you need to. That's the individual trauma stuff that's coming up. That's our individual stuff. And for those that have been doing it for years, it's it's not as challenging. But those that are just starting, it it's going to feel like a big, dense pocket. But I promise you, you'll, you'll get through it. You just need to keep going. You just keep need, needing to take the steps that are in front of you. Focus in on the step that's in front of you and feel your way through it. And you will find the freedom on the other side of each of those layers. Now, at the same time, we're healing collective wounds and trauma. So that is even more messy because as one group is bringing their trauma to the surface saying, here, this is, this is our trauma. We need to heal this. We need to reconcile. 
and we need to find resolution here, that is going to trigger other group. And that's, that's the challenging part, but the beauty in it as well is because as we are creating these pockets of unification, they're triggering other pockets of wounding and trauma, but that's creating a pocket of unification there. And then ultimately there'll be this grand, big global unification experience, but it's going to continue to look a little messy. This next year is actually quite exciting because the energy is changing and shifting. And there was a big dark energy that's actually cleared and gone now. So this is actually like, we, can, we have some breathing room and we can actually have some, some space to actually process things a little easier. And we're actually going to find that there's going to be ability to make deeper conscious choices than there was before. So I'm actually quite excited about 2024. And at the same time, it is still going to be challenging for many people. So I have compassion for that as well. Yeah, I love that. And I was, I'm thinking about what you said a little bit earlier about this process of moving from duality, right? And separation. I feel like we, we hear that messaging, like, what is it? The separation versus unity and, and like separation is really what's what's holding into like evil or negative energy versus getting out the, the illusion of separation right is that, that that's what we're all trying to break down and deconstruct in this process and so what what do you say to people who are maybe struggling with those concepts of like unity consciousness or that we're all like divine expressions of god like people are confused by that right because it's like wait no god is separate he's there and then He's going to judge us and then he's going to whatever. How do you, how do we, how do we get past that, that line of thinking more into this, these concepts around unity and break down that, that duality construct? Well, we have to break down our concept of God. Who is God? <laughs> yeah. Who's God? If we're all one. Who's God? I'm God. You're God. We're all God. We're all an expression of God. We're all a, a divine expression of source. Therefore we are all God, right? So that's that's how stretchy it has to go for the mind because <laughs> people that are really in their religious kind of beliefs and really like holding strong there are, are, are going to have to let the grip go a little bit and realize that, that God's in all of us. God's in all of creation. God's in a flower. God's in my mouse for my computer. Like it's in, it's in everything. God's in everything. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I just, I know that personally I started like operating from that place and that, that opened a lot of doors for me and it's just, but it it is such a struggle because at, at the end of the day, we are facing a world where people who are religious or come from that, that those other traditions that don't, don't th see things that way. It's almost like we, we have to unpack all of that. And it's, it, it takes a lot of time and inner work to really we you don't know, feel... have to unpack all of it. You come back from a trip, you don't have to unpack every little thing and put it all. Like it, it's, we're, we're in an accelerated time, right? So the energies that are available to us, the global energies that are available to us, healing energies, things that we, we actually used to take like 10 or 20 sessions, you can do in five minutes now, right? So there's, mm -hmm. there's an acceleration happening. And so we are able to actually move through things a lot quicker. The challenge is, that ultimately we'll need to let go. And this is where people don't want to let go of the mind. We need to let go of the dualistic mind. Ultimately, we need to let go of that programming. So what one person needs to hear, sometimes it's in steps and yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I hear this and I, I open my mind a little bit around that. And oh, I can open my mind a little bit around that. And she just said, I'm God, that's crazy. I can't do that yet. Not ready for that. That's okay. It's okay. You don't need to be ready for that. So start with, how do I feel at one in my life and with what? I feel at one with my heart. Okay, beautiful. I feel at one with my body. Beautiful. Go there. I feel at one with my mind. Sure, go there. Why not? I feel at one with nature when I'm walking in nature. Beautiful. Good. That's a little extension outside of yourself. So we don't have to go to the very stretch and go, okay, I am God. You are God. We're all God. Sometimes that's too much for the mind. So we have to meet, again, we go back to that. We have to meet people in their humanness to remind them of their divinity and where they are in their humanness. You have to meet them there. You don't have to go there and, and be there and believe what they believe, but you have to meet them where they're at, help them hear what they need to hear in that moment so that they can open their mind a little bit more and then lean more into the truth of who they are. And that's a bit of a process. 
but it doesn't have to be slow and it doesn't have to take 30 years or 40 years like it has for me. <laughs> it can be really quick, especially right now, but it, it will take some patience for some people because some people are going to be holding on a little bit stronger. And at the same time, up until now, awakening or the process of enlightenment or awakening has been a gradual process for most people. And there's been those few where they've just like woken up in an instant. I have a feeling we're going to see more accelerated, less gradual, and more instantaneous, spontaneous awakenings. That's going to happen in the next couple of years, more and more for people. And that's really exciting. So it doesn't have to be so long and grueling and heavy. And oh my God, we're going to be climbing this Mount Everest forever. I'm like, no, it's a lot easier. And we have some good Sherpas along the way. Yeah, I like to, I think of it like lightworker burnout right now. Everyone's been on this journey for 20 years of spiritual awakening. And people have just been like, I don't know when this is happening. And lightworker burnout is going like <laughs> all the well, empaths are getting. I am so well. grateful because in the last three, three to four years, I'm like, we, we have more company. <laughs> it felt like this path has been so like somewhat isolating and there's groups and pockets, but I feel like, wow, okay, we've got way more good company joining us now. So it feels like, it feels like we're making some good progress in a shorter time now. So yeah, amazing. And you said it a little earlier how you, your work, and I want to I wanna ask a little bit about how you work with clients and what kind of transformational results you get with people, because I know you do a, lo a lot of work and written a lot of books and all that stuff. So wh where do you where do you feel like we're like, you said that you could do the work in what used to take 20 sessions now, like one or two, like, are you doing like energy work? What, what is it that you actually are doing with your clients to help accelerate this process? Yeah, I basically learned how to be like a crystal clear channel and I go direct to source. So I don't have any guides or I'm not no in, no in between energies because there's also that this divine discernment just because there's an energy coming in or a guide coming in doesn't mean that they're necessarily balanced. That's what right. I've discovered over the last three or four years is that some of those energies are not balanced and some of them are a little bit interfered with or being used too. So for me, I just go direct to source. So when I open up the channel, it's just whatever comes through, whatever they need in that moment is, is whatever comes through. And because I have a blend of so many different things that I've, so many courses and trainings that I've done over the years, it's kind of like a blend of everything. So sometimes it's coaching, sometimes it's it's words that come in and sometimes it's just energy and, and well, it's always energy. I'm always working even with you guys and whoever's going to be listening. There's always energy working in the background. I set it up before I even start and there's always a clearing that's going on. So I do work. I do do some one-on-one -on -one work. I, I limit that only because I'm, I have to kind of take care of myself in between. So every time I work with somebody, it's like a bit like a marathon. But when well, I do do mentoring as well, so we have group mentoring calls and things like that. But for me, it's really about empowering the individual, revealing what they really need in that moment to break through whatever it is that, that they're needing to break through in order for them to really allow their intuitive gifts to expand and, and thrive in that, right? So we're meant to thrive in that. We're not meant to survive in that. So that, yeah, that's some of the work I'm doing right now. Of course, my books are a good way to kind of understand some of the concepts like the evolution of the ego. It's funny. I just joked to one of my clients, I need to write a book, the evolution of the evolution of the ego, because <laughs> when I wrote that book, so much more has come in since that. So I have to evolve and, and get another ego book out there. I'm sure. But another ego. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I loved how you described like in Islam and Muslims, we have the concept like, no, there's no intermediary between us and God. And so much of this, whatever has unfolded over thousands of years with gurus and prophets and shamans or whatever that might be has been. And I know a lot of the work that's being done on the spiritual level right now with discernment, like you mentioned, is, is so focused on oneness with, with ourselves connected to God without that layer of intermediary between us and, and source, right? So, and I loved how you described how a lot of people who channel, maybe they're channeling different entities or energetic beings or whatever, even if they're light beings or high archangels or whatever that might be, but 
I do also agree that that there's some degree of intercession there that's occurring, which is in, in my tradition is seen as kind of like forbidden or not allowed, but moving past that, just focusing on that connect direct directness with, with source. I, like that, that seems very in alignment with what I would say is a good place to, to really be when you're doing this work. Right. And then just making sure that you don't have your own filters in place. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I have a, a filter or a judgment or a, con- a, a preconceived notion of what that person needs, then I'm actually, I've got my own filter in place too. So I'm, my work is really about helping people clear all the filters and just be the clear channel, say what needs, what's meant to be said, what that person needs. I always say, I'll tell you what you need to hear. I won't tell you what you want to hear because sometimes what you need to hear is not what you want to hear. It's, it's essential that we are, are being as clear a channel without any filters, our own and, or any interference, right? So that's that's essential right now because there has been recently a lot of a lot more interference, an uptick of interference in the last six weeks. I helped kind of clear some of that stuff. So a big portion of it is is no longer with us. However, there's a lot of interference still in place. So we do need to be discerning for sure. Amazing. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I want to get into maybe I don't know if there's any questions. People are welcome to raise their hand or write something in the chat. I know we have a couple people on, but where where do people start? I mean, I know you have your books. You you, you mentioned one. What's the best way place for people to start going to maybe if they're interested in your work or want to know more? Like where where where's a good place to start? And what do you tend to recommend for people? Because I know we talked a little er- earlier how it can be a long process, but we also want to accelerate this, this journey as much as we can. So what do you do to, to direct people on that path? Yeah, I think the best place if they want to find out more about what I offer would be just to go to the website, which is heartledliving.com. And that has my books, it has everything that I'm doing right now currently. And I, I'm always evolving. I'm very much like a hummingbird tend to, but I always, there's what I'm, I'm practicing and integrating for myself. And then there's what I teach. So what I teach is usually what I've already experienced and gone through. And then I teach it and then I help people get through it. And kind of, so I kind of build the bridge and then walk people over it. And then at the same time, there's stuff that I need to like kind of let go of. And then I start fresh with something new. So my website, my work is always evolving. That's just the nature of me as a hummingbird. I go from one flower to the next and one book to the next. And that that sort of thing really is the way I create. It's just the, my natural way of creating. So yeah, the best way is to go to the website and just see what resonates. If some of the stuff on my free resources page resonate for you, then follow that. And if you feel guided to jump in and work with me, I always say you need to feel a heart yes and I need to feel a heart yes if I'm meant to work with somebody. So I feel that's really important for both practitioner and the client to feel that alignment. So that's that's really important for me as well when people are kind of tuning in to see if they're meant to to do work with me. Yeah. And what about like on a physical level, like what kind of results do your clients get? Like, like even in this process, actually on the last call, I, I heard you mention that we could, our whole, our whole fit, like our appearance changes. Like I, I actually just posted a before and after from a few years ago. And I, I even look different. You mentioned sounding different. Like how, how are these things really helping on a physical level? And also, I mean, people have even diseases or afflictions or autoimmune issues or lower density problems in their physical health? Like, are, are we helping clear all that out as well when, when they work with you or come to your programs? Because I know that also takes a long time sometimes to really, yeah, start seeing really transformational results. Yeah, it depends on, on what it is and what, what the session. Every session is a little different. The best way to kind of go, if you really want to dive deep, would be a private session, right? So then we're really going right into the, the nitty gritty and clearing as much as we can. And, and we can do a lot in a 30-minute or a 60-minute session. I've had clients that have come in with like three different entities in their field and they're being plagued by dark energies and needing to clear that. So we could do that in an hour. And it just depends on the individual. I've had people that have had a lot of symptoms for a long time and couldn't figure out what was going on. And then we did a little bit of work around the frequency illness because it's not always just physical. It's often in, on a frequency level, people are feeling a lot of symptoms and we can clear that usually pretty quick too. So 
it is again it, if it comes it, what it comes down to is like if it's a heart yes for them and it's a heart yes for me then we can get a lot done in a very short time and and then those that just are needing to understand what's going on like to be able to come to a community and say, okay, this is what's happening. I had this weird dream and I couldn't figure out what. And then all of a sudden I was in this other person's, felt like I was in this other person's dream and I don't know what was happening. And I'm like, well, you're a jumper. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you're a jumper. You jump in dreams. Like that's part of how you do your work. So, and the moment she heard that and understood that it was just like, oh, okay. There's like, there's this peace in, in the understanding, right? So the mind can let go and then she can kind of lean into the gift the way it's presenting itself so part of my my most favorite part of my intuitive gift is actually to feel into what people are explaining and I can feel into it what happened when it happened and I can actually give them an interpretation of what happened so I almost like decipher it or interpret it on an energy level and give it words and an understanding so that the mind goes ah oh, I get it I don't totally get it but I get it enough that it can let go and then they can really lean into their gift. So, yeah. 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 That kind of goes back into like things having to be expressed and, and revealed in order to, to heal them over in the first place. So sometimes I feel like we need to have that awareness of who we are. It's like a it's introspection or a self-awareness that, that it creates in order for that to then be expressed and then for, for healing energy to come in or for whatever work to be done from that space, right? Yeah. A lot also. of it is understanding, right? It's like once we have that understanding at the level of the mind and the mind lets go, the rest knows what it needs to do. We can actually heal. It's just our mind that is is kind of gripping and, and not believing that it's possible. So when we can give the mind an understanding and just enough of an understanding to let go, then we find peace, we find meaning, we feel on purpose, we have healing experiences, miracles happen, all of that when when we can just let go <laughs> yeah easy. awesome let let go and 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 be yeah I think of it like coming to things from a place of just doing doing the things that are uplifting for ourselves or bringing us joy and 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 bringing us into alignment with those those higher vibrations so I like I think you mentioned earlier this is really a process of understanding moving or or moving through frequencies or elevating into different like levels of frequency. Right. So it gets, it gets to that place where you're trying to like, for me, hold and sustain higher energetic frequency levels versus falling into those, those lower, more dense areas where we have more negativity. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that. So I don't know if we have any questions, but I'm going to post this, your website. Is there anywhere else? Are you on social media or do you have any kind of, besides your website, anywhere people should go if they want to follow you or connect or see more of your work? Is it just your website and your the website? Book? Yeah, the website right now is the best place. I haven't been on social media for a while and I, <laughs> I'm on here and there, but I haven't really been on a lot because there, there was a process of just needing to step away from me around that. And mm -hmm. I'm just starting to kind of lean back into, hmm, okay, now how can we step back in fresh and make it feel like aligned and, and work for me? Because there was just a lot of chaos there that was going on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, no worries. I, just, I, I get it. Oh my God. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm navigating that world too. And yes, it's, yes. it's always, it's always so difficult. I actually just started on TikTok and it's like, Oh, I don't sure. even know what I'm doing on there yet. I started sending, <laughs> oh my God, I, that's why I started sending these lives on TikTok and they'll go for like seven or eight hours and, the, and they'll have like a question like, oh, why am I going to hell or some, some weird religious stuff. And like, and obviously people are arguing about religious subjects and I'm like in all these rooms and there's Muslims and there's non-Muslims and everyone or Christians. And I, and they're all, they're all talking about, I'm like, oh, I should, I should maybe go on live and start bringing in a room, <laughs> bringing in discussion. But yeah, that's all part of like my kind of my own personal, my own personal interest. But yeah, social media world has, has been nuts. So <laughs> I can understand just, just staying away from it all together because it's so hard in this world to like have to juggle all of these different energies that we get when we, when we bring all that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Sue. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you are, that you've joined us. Any last words? I'm going to post this on our, my, on my YouTube channel and 
send out a replay any final words for anyone listening to the, this episode or the replay any final thoughts and words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience yeah just a reminder just to hold steady right now like and I often hear the words don't quit before the miracle it's like just hold steady we've got we're in this like brilliant evolution and we're so on track and it feels really, really good. I keep, I'm always getting glimpses and like, I often see like future possibilities. It's not always like, okay, this is what's going to happen, but this is what's possible. And mm -hmm. the, the trajectory we're on right now is actually quite exciting. So especially with that, the energy gone, it's like stuff has lifted and there's just different possibilities, different pockets, different potential mm -hmm. being kind of brewing and growing and sprouting. So hold steady and just stay the course. Like we're all on track, even though if it doesn't look on track, we're so on track. So just keep going. We've got this. I love that. Yeah. And it's like, I always hear about timeline jumping or jumping on different timelines. And I know actually from our, from the last call that you said you were, what did you say? I, oh, time weaver, right? You do something called time weaving. And so like, I don't know, maybe that's for another, another episode, another time, but just, other yeah, that whole concept of timeline jumping into your highest, you know, timeline is a whole, is a whole other thing, right? With the quantum, quantum leaping into, into that space, right? All right. So, well, thank you so much. It's, if we don't have any questions, I'll go ahead and end the call for today. We'll send out the email to anyone who couldn't attend with the replay. And we're going to have a, hopefully another episode in the future where we'll have more time to even go deeper into some of this stuff. So thank you so much for today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate your time. It's fun. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.